guys, this is Jill and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. And we are back with round two of the fan roundtable featuring Will Z, Michael, and Megaloo. Uh, if you think Keegan is going to grow into the starting four, you bring back Lyles, you bring Sasha over, and you have Kessler. And we still don't know what's going to happen in the draft if we're going to get somebody that's going to be actually on the roster or not, what have you. Um, I I think that's fantastic forward depth. It gives you and it gives you insurance. Uh, well, I mean, the other thing that I love about Mike Brown is he plays deep into the bench during the regular season. He also played deeper into the bench during the playoffs than I thought he would. Um, but so it gives you four guys that I think you have pretty, pretty good gauge of as far as how they're going to be. Sasha is maybe more of a question, but you know, he's a great cutter. You know, he doesn't, you know, he's a catch and shoot shooter, doesn't need a lot of dribbles. Um, and he's a good foul baiter. So, um, and from what I've watched of him, I, I like him because he's also kind of a jerk, which I think the Kings need in some ways. But anyway, so that so that's just a theoretical. I didn't mean to take us in a totally free agent discussion direction, but... <laughs> But that was the next question anyway. So it told, I mean, it, it works, right? I mean, because we kind of, we already kind of already answered the other question we were going to go f- to was like how you felt about the season. I think we kind of answered a lot of that um, when we were answering the other questions that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm all assuming it was a good season for everybody. And we're hoping that we just build on it. <laughs> Shortly, yeah, like, success. you know, step one, yeah. now let's, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, so yeah, we can hit into, you know, our hopes for this summer. Like if there are guys you are targeting or even a type of, you know, target, um, that you would either want or you envisioning maybe the front office or coach Brown wanting, um, et cetera. Well, uh, as far as free agents go, I, you know, just have started looking at, you know, who the UFAs that are available at the positions of need, like backup center, uh, forward, even three and D guards. And the reason why I'm looking at the UFAs as opposed to the RFAs is just because I don't think the Kings have the type of assets necessarily to, you know, get some of these guys in a position where they can not have their teams match. So like Josh Hart, for instance, would be nice to have, but I think the Knicks are going to match him no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matisse Thibel would be another guy who I would look at, but I think that, you know, Portland probably also sees him as, you know, necessary to their future assets. You know, think guys like that. Um, but looking at guys like Gabe Vincent as a backup point guard, shooting guard type of guy or a third, you know, point guard, emerging backup shooting guard type of guy. Uh, he's going to be UFA this year. Max Drews from the Heat is also going to be a UFA this year. Those guys are going to get paid. Um, there's a, there's a forward. I was, oh, Nas Reed, obviously. We've all wanted Nas Reed on this team for a long time. Uh, he's going to get a, a big offer from somebody. Might as well be the Kings. Uh, 
and then obviously all these are contingent on on what they decide to do with with Barnes as well. So. Yeah, I mean, right, because that's that's the big thing of are they going to have the cap space or are they not, you know, basically releasing the rights of of everybody or not. Um, or just signing Barnes to a smaller number. Yeah. yeah. Before, you know, like add, uh, 301 or whatever, if you sign Barnes to a. You figure he's going to be the first call they make. I mean, I would be shocked if he isn't. I would be shocked if he's not signed, you know. If they're going to retain him, he's going to be signed the yeah. first day. And uh, if you can sign him to a deal that is, you know, eighteen million in that first year or something like that, that knocks your cap hold down by ten million dollars. Am I crazy that I almost think it doesn't even? It's not even going to require that much. So I, mean, I, I could be I could be wrong. Today, did you guys see in the athletic was four ninety three? That's what, but that's the agent number. You know what I right. mean? That's that yeah. number that they push out to like He's start right. the. And that's what he got and, last time. I don't think that you give yeah. him that same that same amount, especially I, after what happened here. Like had had you given it something that maybe prior to the playoffs, but I just don't think you throw out that money after seeing what you saw. Yeah, I mean, to me, the number is like closer to three for 45, three for, for 50, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, with maybe like a player option for a fourth year, if that's necessary or something along those lines. But the Kings are going to have cap problems very quickly, uh, you know, not this year, but starting next year, when you go into your Sabonis getting a Mac, you look at. You know, Davion Mitchell is going to be extension eligible. You look at Malik you know, Monk. They're going to have, huh? Trying to keep Malik Monk. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep Malik Monk, you know, because he doesn't have bird right. You know, those are non bird because he only signed the two year deal. So, you know, then you have to figure out what you're going to do with Malik. You have to figure out what you're going to do with Kessler Edwards. You have to figure out what you're going to do with, you know, all these other guys that are going to become more and more expensive if you are good uh, that's just the nature of the beast in the NBA and it really does seem like the the forward spot either the three or the four with Keegan kind of being interchangeable between the two should be the main priority um, Justice Winslow isn't an intriguing option for me. I thought about him too his injury history is injury history is so the amount of games that he's played in his career is very disturbing to me um he's one that can play one through three for you but that's like the one downfall is can he can he be on the court yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like he was like they kind of like counted him as a huge plus last year in portland and then it wasn't you know it's sort of like the auto porter conundrum like yeah, he's fantastic. He's a perfect piece when he can play. Like, um, I have a really weird thing about that, though. I like guys who play seventy five percent of their games or more, and I count people's availability against them probably way more than other people do. I mean, rightfully so. It's so important. Um, with that, I wonder if, like, being a trend, he probably wouldn't be very expensive. So he's kind of a lower tier option. Um, and then another one is um, Niang from the Sixers. Uh, 
I really liked how the Kings kind of poached Monk from the Lakers, with the Lakers being a very expensive team. Can Monty find another expensive team like the Sixers or the Clippers or, I don't know, the Warriors, any of those like top salary teams and pay a player just a little bit more than they would be comfortable paying, where it's not necessarily an overpay, but more it would be an overpay for that team. That's how the Sixers poached him from the Jazz, too. I mean, because he's another one of those guys where you can just throw him in and he does the little things. He can shoot. Yeah. I'm trying. I think the other big domino. There was someone on the Kings that he's friends with, too. Yeah, well, it was Tyrese. Is that? Oh, Oh. that's who it was, damn. Yeah. Yeah. He might not want to. (laughs) Uh, The other big domino is Harrison, obviously. Like, can you... I mean, I I think in some ways, like we want roster spots more than necessarily even, but I mean, can you get a couple expiring contracts for him that might have upside or, or that kind of thing? I think, you know, could be a big deal. Also, I think it's important, like, again, as much hatred as Chemezi gets, he is somebody I would look at bringing back if he's willing to come back on a similar deal. He's so affordable. Oh, (laughs) if you can get him at that same price, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he completely outperformed his contract. And then Damon Jones was really good for us last year. Um, I think he's another guy that you could get maybe on a minimum deal to kind of like shore up that center rotation if there's nothing else out there if there's no Nazreed if there's no you know if there's no other options I guess like for me too I have this really just read breaks of the game and I've read built to lose and um they're about the decline of good teams right and I know like the Kings also in the 90s had like one year where they made the playoffs and then they overshot right they were like oh we're good let's like do too much and then they didn't make the playoffs again for a few years wolves did kind of the same thing this year where like the swing was too big and i i know a lot of people are like oh let's get macau bridges and spend four first rounders and or whatever it is whatever you og whoever you think the perfect but does that work is it the perfect piece like you have to be so sure you know and I guess like I just I just have this thing about like can we maintain as much of the vibes as possible? And like you always need those guys like Chemezi who are outperforming their contract, right? Whether you love him individually or not, and you think he doesn't, you know, makes mistakes or not, or like I think so much basketball narrative is this guy's good, this guy's bad, not the more nuanced narrative of like, does the team function better? with this guy on the floor can they do things that shock other teams and create winning and to me Chemezi did that for us this year and um, so again I would really consider bringing him back I'm not his agent I swear to god (laughs) another name I think is interesting is Thomas Bryant who got traded in the middle of the year to the Nuggets and is sort of languishing there doing nothing but when he was with the Lakers was really uh, interesting as part of their early season. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that will go get a block, that will get you a rebound, will set a screen, doesn't have to score points as part of a, you know, a focused part of the offense. 
And he could uh, shoot the three too. And he can shoot three a little bit, yeah. And he's not going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, you even see Bomba, right? The Lakers traded to get Bomba, and then they're not even using him. <laughs> yeah, so weird. <laughs> that, that, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see which direction some of these teams go. I mean, because if you're listening to the Laker people, it's, oh, they're still going to, you know, release money, right? Sign Reeves, but then go after Kyrie again, you know, with, with what imaginary money it's so, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, and what do the nets do? Right. The nets have like seven, you know, small forwards. Could you possibly poach any of them out of there? Or, what, or how what interested are the, is Cam Johnson in staying there? Well, he's yeah, restricted too. He is, so. he is but if listening to Trista today, I mean, right. I don't, I don't think she's pulling this out of, you know, nowhere, but she's saying he wants to stay somewhere small, which that is not. Um, th- I mean, her perfect place that she described was literally Sacramento. Um, mm-hmm. If all of that is the case and he so- would really fit in really well here. Um, but I mean, and then even the wizards, right? What are the wizards going to do? They're going to have a new GM. What direction are they going to go in? Are they going to keep Beal again? I mean, are they going to look at shopping him again? Are they going to look at trying to keep um, Kuzma? Or, you know, is a new person going to come in and they're going to blow it up? They're going to keep it? Like, there's just so many different directions. I think some of these teams can go that players we might not even be thinking of, you know, will now any, be talked, will, will all of a sudden be talked about. Any thoughts on Porzingis? I was just thinking that too. Home he had a was really Allison. good year. <laughs> he had a really good year. I, yeah. Like, Panaman likes a player that stays on the floor. And that's <laughs> he's not good when he's on the floor. And that's always kind of his He played 65 his games. Too, yeah, which is good for him. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. But, but just the amount you're giving him and expecting him to be a lot of money. The money where is so much. I don't even know if he'll opt out, but he's making 31. He has player option for 31 and a half million next year. So hard to know if he's even available, but just the idea of that other big um, who can step out and shoot to Paris a bonus is just still intriguing. I still don't know if well, that's... My, my white whale there is Carl Anthony Towns. That's mm-hmm. the guy. You just take all your draft picks and send them to the. He is so expensive, though, isn't he? Like he. Oh, he will be. He'll be. He'll be like sixty million dollars at the end. Of I don't. I don't have like. I feel like a lot of people like love Carl Anthony Towns or hate him. Like I feel like these very like, you know, like people have really strong opinions on him. I think he's good for what he is. I like what he is, but. I, I think having that much money invested in him would be a little rough. Like, um, I don't know. I, it, it, and is, are they going to move on from him? They're so confusing. I don't like, are they going to run it back? Are they going to, if they don't pay Naz Reed and Jaden McDaniels. And I, I mean, granted, like Alexander Walker was great for them and all that stuff. Like, but they're just confusing. It's really, I think what they do if any of those guys end up being on the market, I think there will be pretty high demand. They for- want to send slow-mo over here. They can do that too. Yeah. If, if slow-mo I'm and Rudy are to. getting along. <laughs> yeah. 
He he's cool. He's fun. I I'm interested in him for sure. And, and he also has a little bit of that mean streak that you were talking about. He's like a dog, but in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like to... that Harrison, right? Where all of a sudden Harrison slows down and you're like, wait, how did that just happen? But he's man. another guy where he does does a little bit of everything too. Like yeah. you will get production um in every part of the game. But I think that's gonna be the biggest piece of for this for Monty is finding a guy that's gonna give you something in all of those areas. And everyone's looking for that. So it's going to be, but this is where I'm kind of excited because this is the first off season. We will see him working with an actual, like good team with a good reputation with players and agents. Um, And what can you do with it? Right. And from a position of strength inside of his position, knowing that his job is secure. Yeah. Uh You know, Uh, and I'm interested to see what he does in the draft too. Cause I think that, that, this, this is a deep draft and 24 you can get a good player there you can get a a nick smith you can get an a dembona you can get a player that can make an impact that can be you know if not a starter it can get you 12 minutes a night in this draft this year or you can trade that pick for you know a veteran that can help you too or do you try and combine 24 and 34 and and jump up 37 but you combine that i mean that's how that's how memphis that year jumped up to get um clark brandon clark yes they jumped yeah. they yeah. jumped up and that's how they got him so i mean Man, or, I would love like brandon you said clark. do they use it to, to get it in a, a, a to get an established um vet already yeah I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of options that they can they can go with that. And this seems to be like a good, right? The good draft to have two top 40 picks. Um, and even some of those names in that area are guys that look like they can, they would make a team, right? That you, I could see them making a team and not necessarily a two way. But I'm also excited that you now get three two ways. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's another that's opportunity amazing. to actually use your pick and keep developing. I right? mean, I think they another really- way can develop can do something like i mean you look at like Jokic was like pick number 27 or something right i mean they they're in such a great position to be able to like take a chance on somebody and have it be like the long play out you know where they can really send them to the g league they don't even need to keep 24 on the floor necessarily but i guess the one thing i want to say too is i love how this coaching staff has maximized all the guys on the team. They've really like made each person into like sort of a specialist in their role. Right. And so for me, like, I like the idea of bringing in younger guys and, and coaching them up. Like love the Kessler Edwards. I find that to be more of a compelling kind of watch as a basketball fan in some ways and I have more affinity for those guys on the team for whatever reason. I can't exactly explain why. But so I like that concept more than going in a sort of like Carl Towns direction. But I mean, that's just me. That's like a personal thing. Um, I think it's they're trying to build five pillars, right? You're trying to get this many rebounds and this many points and this many blocks and this many steals or whatever. 
So I, I get that part of it, but I think you can do that without necessarily just finding the highest usage guys, which I think is a lot of the time what people think of as the great players, right? But what you really need are players that make the team function the way that it's supposed to function. So are there great cutters out there? Are there great, like Luke Travers was like a really weird guy in the draft combine last year, but he did crazy weird stuff. Like he had a ton of blocks. He set screens on every single play. He would set two or three screens. Um, and he made threes and he didn't get drafted. He played with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I could see like a guy like that really fitting like a pace and space team like this, where you're really like introducing, he wasn't a fantastic cutter. And that's the only part of, uh, you know, I think that's been so beautiful to watch this year is the motion and the offense has been so refreshing. And it's, it's like the ballet that we don't always get to see in basketball is that motion. No, anyways. Yeah. And I think if you look like what Denver did right last year, the lone rookie that's, that's getting minutes right in, in the playoffs. Yeah. And in Braun, like they found a specific type of player they were looking for and they got him. And that's something that the Spurs did, you know, when they were always in the twenties was, you know, and, and they talked about that was, they draft like you don't have to look for the stars there. Like, yes, there are certain teams that will take the swing there. But a lot of times they said they they needed a specific this type of player, this type of role. Who can we go get that is the best at that at that, you know, at that spot? And you can go just slot them in like it's it's a no brainer and you're getting them on a good deal by getting them in the 20s compared to you know, having to pay the lottery all the time. Cause I mean, we were stuck in the lottery forever and it's we're swinging for the fence forever. And you get a lot of misses that way. And you see a lot of guys, you know, in, in the later part of the draft, if they're going to an already established good team, those guys stick around, right? Like they're coming in, having a role. Um, and they're guys that buy into those roles because they're usually already guys in college right now that had a specific role style already. Um, so I, it'll be interesting, like we said, to see um, how Monty targets that. But we also know how good the relationship is between Brown and Monty. And I, I would have to really guess that Brown specific, like he knows what what am I missing, you know, with this group? What can we target? Um, what was lacking right in, in the regular season, but also in the playoffs, like what, what piece could we really target that you could target in a, in a draft setting? If you are gonna, if you are gonna draft. I think those players in the second round, and I know the Kings don't really haven't historically valued their second round picks, but I think there's players in the second round, like in a Monty Bates might be available, who was at one point thought of as being maybe a top five pick. And that'd be a good swing. Not, yeah. Not really, you know, shown out yet to, to the level that he was expected to, or even a guy like a, uh, you know, I'm going to show my homerism here, but uh, a Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh, you know, who was a national player of the year candidate. Was I saw him going to the Kings start. in a mock yesterday. <laughs> yeah, was a four year, was a four year player at UCLA as a great basketball IQ, maybe not the most athletic guy, but can do everything on the court, can pass it, can shoot it a little bit, can, you know, rebound, defend everything that you need him to do. 
you know, sort of the same as um, a uh, Kyle Anderson type of mold. You know, those are guys that you could target at that like 37 pick range. Yep. I was thinking about Monty's drafting today and like this might be a super weird take and so sorry if it is, but I was thinking that he has drafted three guys in a row who have one super skill, right? Tyrese's super skill is passing. Davion's super skill is defense. Keegan's super skill is shooting, motion shooting, right? In particular. So I guess like what I'm trying to say with that is that identify the best offensive rebounder in the draft later on and take him. And he's not going to be one of probably not going to be one of the top guys, because that is not what's valued in the top part of the draft, right? What's usually valued is shooting, scoring. I mean, you, high usage guys are are what's usually identified. And I mean, can you make a super steal and get somebody like a Walker Kessler? Maybe, right? I think that's really hard. Like, I don't think anybody really knew Walker Kessler was going to be Walker Kessler, but but maybe there's somebody out there that that you can find that has a rebounding super skill, you know? Um and I think that's possible at 24 or in the 30s. Who's, who's the kid from Santa Clara? Is was it Pons? I know that's like a that's yeah, like that's a shortened of version of his name. He's got a long name. Um, but he's like a redhead, but that he's like what a six seven guard forward, but that dude rebounded the ball. Like that was his he could shoot, but that was also his specialty too, was um, and he's another one that's kind of projected in that range between our, you know, two picks. But that was kind of what in different articles that I had read that kind of got people noticing him was he was kind of a guy that was just all over, like the hustle guy and and was just um doing I love a lot Bonnie's of the little things so far. Yeah. I, I do trust And he got him. on people's radar that way. Yeah, yeah. I I that's I mean, that's the my favorite kind of player is hustle guys for sure. Gonna bug me. I forgot his name. It's like Pondesky or something like that. No, it's like do they, I, or something. What about something, yeah, something like and Keon? Do they do they bring them up? Are they ready to come up? Do they fit? Like I think Keon still stays in one of those three spots. I don't mm-hmm. think you need I don't depending on because I do think they will try and target some veteran to fill out those roster spots. That I think you if you can get him back for another year, kind of like you did with Nimi, and have him take one of those spots and get those developed minutes, just keep working on his body. Just because I don't want him sitting on a sitting on a bench, because I mm-hmm. do think if they were going to look for that that help, then he's going to be the odd man out. Or if Kessler right develops like you want him to, I would assume he would get more of the minutes than than Keon. So to me, I'd like Kata. to see him stay in that spot and keep that. And I think Kata could take the the lens spot. Like I think he yeah, could be Alex that third that. guy. And and if you could get him on the Metu kind of deal, like right because Metu was the two way. If you could get him. And Damian Jones, those contracts, if you can get him on that two, three year, you know, partially guaranteed, you know, by year and see if he's really ready. Like, I think it's now it's time to find out. And so I think throwing him at that third backup spot and letting him fight for, you know, anything more, I think that's fair. But those I mean, that's just a guess. 
he was second in the MVP for the the G League. I mean, it's not like he hasn't shown that he can dominate. He did everything you'd want him to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's not like he hasn't shown that he can dominate a league. Now, maybe he's what you would call a quadruple-A player that is too good to be in the G League, but not quite good enough to be in the NBA. But you won't know until you find out. So might as well put him on the bench. He definitely has size. And I got to say, like, uh, you know, his defense is incredible. Like, it's just when he's on some of those G League games, I watched most of the G League games this year. He's just so good. Like, he was so fun at at Summer League, too. Um, And I think he's worked really hard to, like, have more skills. But he's... He's a fantastic rim defender. He's he's good at like coming out from the block and defense. You know, he doesn't have to be all drop. And I, I know a guy's that big, it's hard, right? That it's kind of, the game has kind of passed them by. But I think he could be a really interesting piece with like a full training camp under his belt. You know, with that chemistry built with the rest of the guys. Um, a full season just up with the group. Yeah. 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 Going against Domas every day, right? In practice. Um, well, and I always say, I wish, I think he could be our Robert Williams. I don't mean that he could play like Robert Williams. I mean, Robert Williams plays like 12 minutes a game or something. It's not, it's about surprising the other team, putting him in at the right time, having that size and that skill set you know, on the roster. It's not about necessarily having a guy who's going to play 30 minutes or or whatever. Um, so anyways. But yeah, I think if you can get him on that small of a deal and let him, I mean, I think he has shown changing his body, you know, extending his, his shooting stroke. Like, I think he's done everything that you've kind of asked him along the way that, that at what, what did they give Met to? I think it was like not even two million. I mean, it was it's right one of those there. one point nine million. Yeah, I mean yeah, that to like me that seems like a no brainer to to give him and and see what you can do with it. And that's yeah. something they always did with Metu was you can pick it up the next year or or you don't. And so right. give it a shot at this point. And if he earns it, awesome. And if he doesn't, you're not breaking your bank, right? Yeah. With with letting it go. But and everybody seems to really enjoy him that that they love him. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to see it. He's like the lone right guy left outside of Keon, you know, and with those second rounders. So, well, like um, I said, you're going to need to save money at some point because things are going to get very yeah. expensive very quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Any last thoughts, Will? Even I'm just back. excited. <laughs> like it's just an exciting place to be um, coming off of a fun season. Like it's just such a more uh, thrilling off season than I think back to two years ago. So I'll take this any day and I just can't wait to see what's next. Right on. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks no. for having us. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Last thoughts. Um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to promote anything you have going on or where the listeners can find you if they already are not. I'm sure most of them are, but just in case, um, Meg, we'll start with you and then Michael and then we'll have Will. 
I'm on Twitter at Megaloo2U, M-E-G-A-L-U-T-O-U. Um, and then I do a I do a monthly book club with my friends John and Kevin. Um, and we just read and and usually we read like an analytics book and then we'll read a history book. Analytics history. So um it's we do that on spaces, but I turn it into a podcast too. So if you have any interest in doing that, that's been really, really fun. And that's about it. Okay. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lotus Prime. That's L-O-T-U-S-P-R-I-M-E. And uh, I'm probably going to start looking at, like I said, looking at the the draft spots later and, and putting some of those thoughts onto Twitter and and seeing where we go from there and maybe digging into some tape on that. So that's what my plan is for the next couple months. Yeah, and then we'll see stats on Twitter for me. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to be digging into free agency numbers soon um, and kind of finding. I like to compile a ton of different pages from NBA.com and just put it all together in my own little spreadsheet. Um, so looking forward to really getting into that and seeing who the Kings can go and get. And thanks, Joe, for having us. Well, you need yeah, to make absolutely. a Patreon, man. Like, build us a website and wait so we can pay for your stuff. Like, I wish I knew how to code or do something like that. <laughs> it's it's so awesome. I'm excited to look through your draft stuff too, Lotus. Like, I I'm so behind on that. Thanks, guys. Really fun. That was yeah, great. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, I think we're all behind because we've never had to go this far. <laughs> so now we're having to get into it. <laughs> Uh, so I hope you enjoyed part two of the fan roundtable. And if you missed the announcement on Twitter, I do have a new co-host that's coming aboard. It is the one and only Daily Sabonis, who you have heard on this podcast before and you see all over Twitter and he has his, his own, um, he does spaces and um, he has other podcasts he's doing, but He's going to be joining me. And so um, look for that in the next couple of weeks. So that's super exciting. Um, I'm happy to welcome Daily aboard. So again, as always, thanks for listening and go Kings. Go Kings.